if you are trying to get somebody to buy and you act like you're not listening and you're trying to go through your objection handlers and all this bull crap sales technique, you have what's called commission breath and your customers smell it and feel it and they will never buy from you. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, a podcast that brings you insights and tactics from the greatest SaaS minds across the world. The show is brought to you by SaaStock, the conference to turn your SaaS up to 11, returning to Dublin in October 15th to the 17th, 2018. On this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, I talk with Dan Martell, who believes that the path to the least boring things on the planet, namely growth, happiness, and influence, is paved with frameworks and processes. A programmer by education, Building companies since age 17, he's founded a total of five, three of which have been SaaS. He's exited three of his companies, which has allowed him to angel invest in some great companies you might have heard of, such as Intercom, Hootsuite, and Udemy, very early on in their path. Nowadays, Dan is a scale coach for companies with 10K MRR and above. One of the things he's perfected throughout his experience is the art of the product demo, which we cover extensively on the episode. Listen on to here what almost everyone gets wrong when it comes to product demos. If you sit there and you click and you nerd out on your, you know, the landing page and the dashboard and here's how you change this and you're talking the whole time, you'll be uh, missing what a true sales product demo is supposed to be. What is a simple framework for executing a product demo? It's part of the setup, it's called ACE, it's really simple. It's you show appreciation, you check in to see if there's value and that they understand and then you set the end goal. How to ask for a close with confidence. You ask them, especially if they're in a trial and you're doing a demo, is saying, you know, you, you essentially ask for the sale. They say, yes, great. I've, I'm going to open up your account so we can update your credit card on files so that your data doesn't get deleted. Is that cool? Perfect. Let me update it. What card should I put that on? You do that on the call. Dan is one of the many speakers that will host in Dublin this October at SASDOC 18. In his own words, there is nothing more powerful than meeting many founders who are two to three years ahead of you on the journey. As we're approaching the 100th episode of the podcast, we're offering a 100 euro discount for SAS.18 to our listeners. Use code SASREVOLUTION100, that's S-A-A-S-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N 100. See more for info and tickets on sasdoc.com. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SAS Revolution show, Dan Martell. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for being on here. Um, I, I'm actually a huge fan. Yeah, Dan, uh, likewise, I think the, uh, um, you, you know, big fan of, of yours and uh, obviously one of the reasons that we're uh, getting you over to Dublin in, uh, in October. But, but first, uh, it's a pleasure to have you as a guest for the first time on, on the SaaS Revolution Show podcast. Um, so, so, Dan, um, you know, tell us a little bit about uh where you are today uh I, I guess geographically but also you know who you are you know and how uh you, you you've got to where you are today yeah i mean so geographically i'm located in canada uh canada in the east coast uh so i will say some a's and some boots um i spent most of my career in silicon valley uh my journey's been building software companies since i was 17 i taught myself how to code it literally saved my life. Uh, long story for another day, but uh, I grew up in a pretty challenging environment, and you know, computer programming became my new addiction, and entrepreneurship became the ultimate personal development program. And 
I feel super lucky and blessed that uh, since then I've started five companies. I've exited three. The last two were venture backed uh, Flowtown.com and Clarity.fm. Uh, they raise money from some of the best investors in the world. Uh, Travis Kalnick, uh, CEO and founder of Uber, is an investor in my company, Flowtown. And Mark Cuban, uh, the billionaire investor in my last company, Clarity. Uh, and um, I've also been super lucky to invest in some incredible SaaS companies like Intercom and Hootsuite and Udemy and um, 30 plus other incredible founders. So that's my life. I live, eat, and breathe uh, SaaS and product and marketing. So you've founded five companies. You're investing in companies now uh, as well. Um, but like danmartel.com and the, the stuff that you're doing that you're working with, with SaaS founders, um, you know, what is that? What, why, I guess kind of like after starting like five businesses and, you, you know, having this great success and investing, you, you still got that hunger. You're still working with SaaS founders, sharing your knowledge. Tell us yeah. more. Yeah, I'll, I'll never stop. There's three people ask me this all the time. Like, I got three core pillars of my life. One, I work with at risk youth. I have a program called Creators where I help them build their confidence through building businesses. That's my give back. That's my everything. That's why I do anything that generates revenue is to support that mission. Um, the second thing is, is I uh, kind of do investments uh, that would be kind of a hybrid between angel and private equity. So it's my capital, it's a larger number, and it's usually more significant. Uh, role and I don't look at deals that people send me cold. They're all through my network. They're founders I've known for years, and uh, and they're you know kind enough to want me involved in their business. So there's that, and then on the investment side, and on the third is uh, I coach. I'm actually uh, essentially a scale coach. I help SaaS founders that are uh, at least 10k MRR. They have product market fit. That have a proven um, kind of um, growth channel that want to accelerate their outcome. So I'm not the guy you call when everything's breaking and you can't figure out what you're supposed to do. That is my YouTube channel, which is one of the largest uh, SaaS focused YouTube channels. I got over 20,000 subscribers uh, in the world. So I put out all that stuff for free. And then for a small handful of people that want to work with me directly to help them accelerate outcomes, I do that through my coaching. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm going like, to just jump back to uh, like earlier, you, you, you mentioned the investments. You mentioned Intercom was uh, one, of, one of your investments. Obviously, a, a, yeah. a hugely well-known company, now a, a unicorn. Uh, so at what stage did you invest in them and how did that uh, come about? You mentioned about investing like, through the network. Uh, who, who connected you into, to, to Intercom? So what's cool is uh, first money in. I always I never invest in second third rounds. I like to meet founders. Uh, you know maybe they raise a small seed seed fund or bootstrap through their agency or whatnot. And that was kind of the the story for for the team at Intercom. Um, I met Owen at a conference I was speaking at in Atlanta. Uh, he was an attendee. Uh, they had they had built their design agency and had three products out at the time that had something around error tracking and reporting. And Intercom was maybe not even public yet, but it was an idea. And I had uh, moved from San, or Canada to San Francisco to kind of just see if any of my crazy ideas would work. Um, and Owen was inspired by that story. And I remember six months after meeting him in Atlanta, he shows up in San Francisco, uh, emails me. So obviously, we invite him over to the office. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm just doing what you told me to do. Like, didn't have a plan, didn't have a place to stay, rented an Airbnb, just showed up and uh, had a passion for this product. And what was cool with Intercom is uh, what they had built at that point 
uh, was we actually built that at Flowtown on our back end. So in our admin dashboard, we had already built this kind of click stream analysis. I've been talking about this for years around um, kind of uh, the qualitative side and the quantitative side of customer development and how we did that through through our back end admin and kind of interacting with customers through a more efficient way. So when he showed it to me, essentially they took that part and productized it and obviously created a, a way uh, more um, useful UI. And, uh, you know, I think it was like two months later, he said, hey, we're raising like a half million dollar round. And I said, I'm in. Awesome, awesome. And, good and, uh, I, and what, two weeks ago, they announced the million dollar valuation. So, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've been lucky. The, the Hootsuite was another one that was a 1.3 billion valuation. Um, and then Intercom. So again, there's no... People ask me, like, how do you pick them and all that stuff? Um, out of the 39 companies I've invested in, I would say most of them were zeros. Um, and then you've got these incredible stories of just world-class excellence and focus on product. And, you know, they're just good dudes. I mean, at the end of the day, my investment is so personal that um, I'm not interested in just a business idea. I want to know who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, um, that you've got some level of track record performance over time uh, of creating and you're passionate, and you're willing to do what it's going to take. And I, I like the fact that uh, you also uh, met at a conference, so showing uh, uh, some of the power of uh, uh, and value of uh, uh, attending conferences. And uh, maybe the next intercom will meet you at Sastock 18. We'll, uh, we'll, that, we'll, I, we'll, I don't doubt it. And if yeah. you're not going to Sastock, you got to be there. Look, at the end of the day, I could tell you, we could spend five hours, and I could tell you stories of incredible opportunities that came to me from being out of my office. And I think too often founders just get busy with the coding or the customer support of the sales side. And they don't realize that to be successful in life, period, you need support, you need people yeah. around you. And those folks typically uh, congregate around events that share the same themes. And obviously your event attracts incredible founders that are, that are on that journey. And there's nothing more powerful than meeting somebody that's two or three years ahead of you to help guide you forward. Yeah, no, uh, I Absolutely agree, and uh, obviously one of the reasons that we uh, uh, we, we run Sastock. But we, um, uh, you, you know, so if we talk about the work that you do with these founders, that you know they're at 10k MRR sort of plus. Um, you know, I know something uh, like a topic uh, that you particularly love to uh, speak about. One of one of the many is around product demos, right? And uh, uh, and, and actually, quite um, we we've actually never spoken about product demos on the SaaS Revolution show yet. So I'm excited to. Uh, I, I don't know why, uh, but uh, this is going to be a first. So are, are you happy to ask some questions about uh, product demos? And uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, Alex, I feel honored. Uh, the yeah. truth is, is I've got a framework called the ACES SaaS model. So mm -hmm. it's, it's an acronym, Attract, Convert, Expand, Scale. Mm -hmm. In the convert phase, that pillar, there's three accelerators that I absolutely have my companies deploy, and one of them is Rocket Demo. Mm -hmm. So it's that, it's that fundamental to me that uh, every founder understands how to do this and obviously do it in a way that's a, a process of repeatable so they can build out a sales team. So I'd love to answer your questions on that. Yeah, well, well let, let, let's, let's start with, uh, I mean, uh, the broader question, which you can sort of like drill deep into is like, how do you rock a demo? So uh, I have a framework I created called the Rock Demo Builder. And at the end of the day, I'm going to say there's Three big challenges that um, salespeople and founders do wrong with demos. And then we'll start there with kind of like what I see and how we fix that. So the first thing is they use demos uh, that, that do product tours, not actually demos. So there's a complete difference. If you sit there and you click and you nerd out on your 
you know, the landing page and the dashboard. And here's how you change this. And when you do this, this report happens. Um, and you're talking the whole time, you're totally uh, missing what a true sales product demo is supposed to be. It's not about trying to onboard a customer into your product. It's literally about saying, what are your pains? If you had this solution, how would it look? Here are the three features that actually solve those problems. Does that meet your needs? And uh, are you ready to move next uh, next steps with us? So, so demo, not tour is a big thing you got to do. Second, I would say is stretch the gap. I think that um, most people don't realize in, in the buyer's journey that they might request a demo on your website or download a lead magnet or sign up for a trial two or three weeks prior. And by the time you actually get on a call with them, they've already forgotten about the product or maybe where their world was at the moment they felt compelled to want to get more information, right? So it's just like if I was, if I was wanting to get healthy, I might reach to a personal trainer. But if it's three weeks later, I'm not in that state, that same uh, mindset of pain where I was when I reached out to the trainer. So first thing I make my clients do is reconnect the customer with that pain uh, so that they can get uh, back grounded with the, their frustrations that showed up in their life so that they could go, oh yeah, that's why we're talking about solving this problem. And then the second thing is have them communicate what, that, what their work would look like if that problem was solved. And what you do is you create the current state of frustration with potential for the future. And that gap is where your product comes right in the middle and will absolutely close. If you have a product that delivers on the promise that you say on your homepage and delivers results for customers, you will get customers to buy. So the second, I'm going to give you the third because it's, it's, it's one that I absolutely try to fix in all my clients is commission breath. If you are trying to get somebody to buy and you act like you're not listening and you're trying to go through your objection handlers and all this bull crap sales technique, you have what's called commission breath and your customers smell it and feel it and they will never buy from you. I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, um, you, you know, so in fact, many of the, uh, uh, things that you, you said there just about, um, you know, uh, bad demos, you know, commission breath. And, uh, um, uh, I, I think maybe not sort of like focusing on the pains. Uh, I, I've just, uh, not naming any names I, I've experienced today. So I, I, I generally don't, uh, like having product demos uh, and, and don't uh, usually have product demos. Um, uh, normally uh, like a member of the team will, will have them, but I, I joined the demo today for, uh, like a platform that we were looking at, you know, for, uh, uh, for, for the SaaS.com conference. Um, first of all, uh, I think, you know, it literally, the, 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 the person took me through like the entire, you know, clicked every button, took me through the entire product. They did a tour. Yeah, did a, did a tour. Uh, the, the demo lasted an hour and my attention was not always on the demo. I was wondering when the call was going to end, uh, you know, quite often. Uh, and then kind of at, at the end, it was like, you know, getting a little bit sort of desperate about, uh, you know, the business and even sort of like bashing some of the competition and kind of like at that point, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, we'll, uh, don't call us, we'll call you. Um, but, uh, yeah, one hour, uh, my attention was not there for, for the whole hour. So what, what do you think in terms of the, uh, the, the length of demos? Like, what do you normally sort of recommend? So, so my clients typically can close a customer in 25 to 30 minutes max. I think if you go over that, then you're not doing the setup process properly. It's part of the setup. It's called ACE. It's really simple. It's you show appreciation, you check in to see if there's value and that they understand, and then you set the end goal. See, if they would have told you right off the beginning within the first seven minutes that, hey, we're going to be spending the next 25 minutes together and we're going to review the things that are most important to you, 
then you would have leaned in. And if they would have then prompted you for, hey, Alex, what are the frustrations in your business right now that you'd hope our product would solve and gave them that kind of like guidance. And they said, great, if we were to review the feature sets that would solve those problems, would you feel comfortable moving to the next stage with us today? At the beginning, you get buy-in for the outcome. And then all of a sudden you're leaning in, not sitting back. And I think that's the biggest mistake that people do on, on demos is they're supposed to be short. I just think that if you're the founder, you're just so excited about what you've built. You know there's so much more they could do. But at the end of the day, you get permission to show them that after you get them as a customer. And if well, you don't get the customer, then you don't get the ability to show them how great the product is. So uh, what, what sort of questions, um, you know, do you, uh, you know, uh, coach, you know, the founders to, to, to ask to understand the customer challenges and the pain points? Uh, that, that we, uh, uh, that yeah, I mean, it's all, it all depends on the product. But I mean, just high level things like what frustrations are you feeling that you're hoping our product would result? Right. Alex, yeah. if I would ask you that question as a, as a sales rep on that demo, you would have told me this, this and this. You know, what's cool is that your answer would have been probably different from your team's answer. And if I know you're the one that's going to write the check, guess which features I'm going to lead with? The ones that serve your problem. And that's just a, that's a rookie mistake that a salesperson will do, especially if they have three or four people. They're trying to serve the wrong customer. At the end of the day, the one that's going to make the decision to write the check is the first customer. And then the other people are going to be there to support the sale. You still need to solve their problems, but it doesn't have to be done on a demo. It can be done through other materials and content information. So that's one. Uh, if you could have them, if you could wave a magic wand, how would how would the solution work, right? And the reason why is I need to know what your expectations are about an outcome, so that I can actually show and demonstrate the feature properly. If I assume that you want it done a certain way, and there's two paths that a product can go to solve that problem, I might show you the wrong one. Right. So just understanding what are your end goals and how would this work in your world? What tools would you want it to integrate? What would the workflow look like? What would be the response time or speed that you would expect? If I don't know that, then how am I supposed to properly kind of demo the product? And I would say another one that, that people like is what are the three ways you'd measure success from our product? Right. And you would, you would ideally say, well, I want to know that our response time is getting faster. Uh, I'd want to know that our throughput uh, from from initial conversation to close whatever is getting better. And uh, I would also look for feedback from my customers from an NPS point of view, because they would be interacting with this tool. So from net promoter score, we'd want that to go up five or 10 points. So if you gave me that as a, as a sales rep, then all of a sudden I can start using the case studies that I'm going to show you from other existing customers to demonstrate those numbers got improved from their usage of our product. If you don't understand that, I don't understand how you're supposed to customize the sales demo. And it's not a cookie cutter. If it was, you can just hit play on a video and people would buy, and that's not how it works. Makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, I, I mean, like, from, from the, the, the five businesses that, that you've run, um, I guess, I don't know if uh, all, all were SaaS, but certainly, uh, you know, like yeah, the, yeah, the last three were all, they all had a SaaS component to it for sure. Okay, uh, and uh, so with, with all of them, uh, you know, were you running product demos uh, for uh, for those, or uh, where, where um, you know where have you got your expertise around uh, you know product demos uh, uh, yourself? So yeah, so when I was when I was twenty four, I started a company called Spirit Technologies, and for no good reason other than that's who I thought my customers should be. I went after Fortune five hundred companies, 
And over a four-year period, we grew it to a $4 million a year business selling to uh, Procter & Gamble, Dole Foods, Johnson & Johnson, et cetera. And as a 24-year-old that looked abs- like, I mean, I didn't, I don't, like I got a little facial hair now, like I look like a baby face. Um, it was really hard to sell to a CTO. And that's where I learned sales. I mean, I, I used to drive around wasting gas, listening to every book, every audio CD, going to seminars, studying persuasion, just because I was an introverted tech guy. I was a programmer who built software, but realized that if I wanted to grow business, I'm going to have to learn how to communicate and get people interested in, in buying what I, was, what I was selling. So I did all my own sales demos, right? Closing multi-billion dollar companies to spend, you know, seven-figure deals uh, on a small company in Eastern Canada, and most of them were in the U.S. So that's where I really, I'd say, cut my teeth on the sales component and understanding flows of demos and process and complex sales cycles and enterprise sales because enterprise sales are completely different than SMB. Uh, and then with Flowtown was all SMB, so our, our customers were spending between fifty to one hundred fifty a month MRR. So how do you triage your inbound leads, make sure that you set up kind of a baseline for uh, the control group of sales, get some sales reps in, train them, scale them up. So we scaled up the sales team at Slowtown. And then, um, you know, same thing with Clarity. And then I've just been coaching founders that have, you know, 50 salespeople. I mean, one company that I'm involved in, uh, they hired 150 sales reps in six months and use this process to scale up their team. Because... The challenge is most founders feel like they can never get somebody else to do it because they're only going to, you know, they're, they're never going to close as high as they were. And this is true, but it doesn't be, have to be you know, magnitude order difference. It could just be 20% less. The reason why they're not handing their salesperson a process, right? So the first thing I do with all my clients is they start recording their best sales calls and putting that into the training library and then extracting using my framework. It's a nine box model, their question, their case studies, their scenarios that make the most sense for their customers. And at scale, you didn't even start customizing by industry so that you're mapping the case studies and the presentation, the product features to specific industry because they're different and they just need to be rank ordered differently. How, how long do you, uh, do you think does it take to kind of like master the, uh, the, the framework? I mean, once, once they've like, let's say, uh, you know, read the materials, you've done coaching with the, uh, with the founders, what is that kind of process to, to mastering the, the demo? Mastering, I mean, it's like anything, right? It's, 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 I'd say the word mastering throws, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's strong, much, yeah. right? But, but tr- transformational results, mm-hmm. like going from 10% close rates to 70%, I would say within, within five to 10 demos. If you're, if you, if you literally put your ego aside and it's mindset too, right? So, like, one of the big things that I think is the first sale that happens is with the founder and themselves. Like right off the bat, if you don't believe that your product is absolutely going to drive the results that you're saying on the call, mm-hmm. you don't have to say anything. The customer is going to feel it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the first sale that I work with the founder of actually making a list. Like, let's go talk. Let's go make a list of all the customer results you've ever gotten. Some of them don't even have that. So that's their first challenge. They've never actually asked all their customers, can you tell me how this has impacted your business? Once they got that list of results, then they can get some really incredible confidence going into that next demo. And then the big thing is um, they set the intention at the beginning, this person is going to buy. When I get on a, a, a sales demo, they're buying. I can help them. I know that if I don't get them on this call, they're going to go to my competitors. They're going to have a horrible experience. They're going to regret it. And they're only going to find me in six months wishing they should have said yes initially. I believe that to my core. And then the third thing is, they got to go and ask for the close and get the close on the call. So the, the way this shows up, and I'll give you two real-world scenarios, 
is from an SMB point of view, you ask them, especially if they're in a trial and they're doing a demo, is saying, um, you know, you, you essentially ask for the sale. They say, yes, great. I've, I'm going to open up your account so we can update your credit card on files so that your data doesn't get deleted. Is that cool? Perfect. Let me update it. What card should I put that on? You do that on the call. That's one. On an enterprise sale where you're selling, you know, kind of six and seven figure deals, um, what you're selling is a POC, proof of concept. Ideally, it's under $5,000 because for most enterprises, that's their discretionary budget. And you're just, you're, you're, you're selling the velocity and momentum that yes, you're going to get a chance. Now, look, I know you can go to RFP and have a bunch of different vendors do this and you can still do that. But what I'm saying is that for very small and insignificant investment, we're going to be able to really show you and you're going to feel the value of our product and we're going to handhold you through that process. So the investment's 5k, um, you know, let's move forward. What card do you want to put that on? If, so, if, you don't, if you don't ask for or get the close on the call, what, what does that do to the, you know, percentage sort of conversion rates of you actually winning that, that customer? Have you seen sort of a third, a third, yeah. a third, a hundred percent. And I will tell you this, cause I've done so many freaking demos. Yeah. You will have people that say, I'm in, let me just talk to my, my business partner and I'll call you back. And they will look you in, especially if you're doing a video call, they will blatantly lie to you. And it's not because they're meaning to be bad people. It's just, they don't know how to say no, or you didn't resolve an objection that they had. You didn't figure out how to actually sell them. The other thing is, is once they're in, you, you need to do the post-sale close. Okay. So that's where you actually say, is there anything that might come up that would cause you to cancel a refund in the next 30 days? Because if so, I would just love to talk about that. You know, so what, what might come up and they'll go, well, maybe my CFO is not going to prove it. It's like, great. What would he need to see to, to feel that? Well, probably this. Great. Why don't we schedule a call next Tuesday for 15 minutes? You can grab your CFO. We'll get on a call and I'll walk through a quick version of kind of what we discussed today and how it's going to impact your business so that I'm there to answer questions with you. Would that help? Yes. Perfect. Let's schedule that call. You need to deal with objections even after you made the close because people sometimes will say yes, just to, to not feel awkward. They're not really sold. So that's the way that that's another thing that I teach from, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, as, as we're coming sort of to the, the end of the, the show. So from, from demos to Dublin, uh, and, uh, October and, uh, you, you're obviously, you're flying over from, from Canada, uh, to Dublin, speak at SASDOC, uh, 18, uh, doing a keynote there. So we're super excited, uh, for that. Uh, what will, um, you, you know, I guess the, the, the attendees, the 3000 people that are coming to, to SASDOC 18 this year, uh, hear and learn from Dan Martell. So my admission, anytime I take a stage, it's a super huge honor. And my goal is always to change lives. And that might sound super crazy and, and, and nutty, but I just, I don't want to disrespect any community or any, any person that takes their time to listen to me. And the content that I specifically decided to share is called the, um, essentially the winning webinar method. It's my framework for leveraging webinars to close customers, not deliver content. Yes, you're going to create an incredible amount of value for those customers and the people that attend, but it's going to set up the opportunity for them to ask you to be exposed and enrolled in your product. And what it allows you to do, especially if you're bootstrap founders or you want to scale sales in an automated and leveraged way, is leveraging the power of community, multi-year licenses, and creating an offer that's so compelling that they would be, they would just, it would be ridiculous not to make the investment on that webinar. And I don't see a lot of companies doing this, but the ones that have rocked this are companies like Lead Pages, ConvertKit, and many others. Um, so not only am I going to teach the framework, but at the end, I'm going to uh, show people how to get 
the uh, example webinar slides from some of those companies I just mentioned so that they can actually use that to pattern match what I'm going to teach from stage. Awesome. Uh, and uh, it's a super interesting uh, topic. And, uh, and as well, I think, um, well, for, rumor has it uh, uh, that you'll be running, uh, you know, a workshop uh, during during SaaS stock. And, uh, and, and, and again, I think, you know, you're not just coming in to do your talk and, and then, you know, uh, uh, going off, uh, you know, flying back to Canada, uh, you'll be around, sticking around in Dublin and, and hopefully getting to meet, uh, you know, most or, or as many, you know, founders and the next Dory McCabe's uh, uh, as you can, um, as, as, as time permits. So uh, really looking forward to welcoming you to, uh, to, to, to Dublin this October. And uh, I think it's going to be a blast. I'm super excited, Alex. Uh, I just want to end off by um, letting you know, just anybody listening, my three favorite episodes of this show. So you guys will be like, what should else should I listen to? Alex from Receive Bank was incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, Simon, I get response was number two. And I would say my third would be Patrick Barnes from Ad, uh, Advocate Me. Amazing uh, interviews you've had, Alex. So big fan of the show. And if anybody wants to download my Rocket Demo Builder, I put together a special link just for the SaaS revolution. So go to Martell, 2lsmartell.com forward slash SAS revolution and you can download the five hot principles for how to do it right and also my nine box model for sketching out and delivering your rocket demo awesome well well thanks so much for for, uh, uh, for for doing that dan and for being such a great guest on the show and sharing your insights on uh you know how to rock a demo um so uh thank you uh, dan martel and uh, looking forward to uh seeing you uh in in dublin uh, in october for sas 18 looking forward to it alex talk soon cheers I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution show and have picked up valuable lessons from Dan Martell about acing your product demos. If you like the interviews we're doing every week, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us know that we've contributed to the journey of growing your SaaS. Thanks for listening. See you next time.